0: Hey, I, I got
1: to say, though, I, I know I'm going to introduce you guys, but I'm going to really let you guys, not because I'm fucking lazy. Well, I am. But, you know, you guys are literally Hollywood to me, man. You guys have made it and all that. Introduce yourselves. And why? Why the love? Even though I'm biased, because I'll, you guys were the first guys to say, hey, can we, be, can we have you on the podcast on your the camp? Good boy. And I was like, holy shit. So go ahead introduce. You. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was huge. That was pre-pandemic too. That was
2: pre-Ted Bundy documentaries and pre-pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that was fun because we just randomly followed you on Instagram, and uh, I don't even know how it happened. It was just one of those weird. Some you know that's the thing about the internet and like the social media for all the bullshit it has. It has a magical way of linking you up with these with with people in an unexplainable way hmm. well yep. and we we found you and we just thought you were cool and so we had the podcast and we had you on and um that was before our movie came out hitman's wife's bodyguard that phil and i wrote and then you kept coming on and we've stayed in touch and it's just yeah it's, it's cool
1: i know you guys are screenwriters and you guys mentioned it and hitman's bodyguard's wife i mean to me You guys are Hollywood because you make, you, you hear every story. Hey, you know what? We're moving down to Hollywood. You know, the cliche, I'm going to be a bartender or I'm going to be a valet and all that. And I'm going to run into Leonardo DiCaprio or Eddie Redmayne or whatever. And and there, I'm going to, I'm going to hit my, uh, I'm going to hit the sweet spot. Is is that how it works? Uh,
3: Hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways it works to be honest. Like, um there because there is that route where it's like um, you you know you move like people that move here with big like they say they're gonna make it and everyone in their town is like whatever man whatever and then they actually come out here and they actually make it like i don't know sometimes that works and then other times it's more of like a modest route and i don't know there's really no like normal route i think everybody's had has a different journey when they come out here
2: well, I think some, sometimes it can come to you as well. Uh, I, I mean, that's the nature of sort of the, the hero's journey is you can you can be in love with an idea and go for it. And kind of the the doors can open if your intentions are pure and you're really, truly passionate. You're not you don't just want to be you're not just some schmuck that wants to be famous or you can have something and you can get that knock on the door. You know, it's uh
1: well, my favorite story when it comes to Hollywood, you know, they always say about the thespians and you move out to, after you're in Joe Bob's play of The King and I and all that. And you decide, hey, it's time from Oklahoma to move down to the, the Paradise City. You guys have heard the, Ed, the Edward Furlong story, right? The guy that was in the kid from Terminator 2, I think. Yeah, that I haven't heard the story. I don't know the story. I I know him. I don't know the story. He was just a kid playing in an arcade, minding his own business and all that. And somebody like a a writer or somebody big doing that movie just came up to him. And he's like, oh, this this is going to be Sarah Connors. uh, You know, this is going to be John Connor. And that's how he made it to Hollywood. He had no intentions. He was just at the right place at the right time.
2: Yeah, it's like sometimes you can win the lottery without even buying a scratch-off ticket. It's just that's just the magic of going out and going to an arcade one day. It's like you think you're going to play video games, and then you you're in the new Arnold Schwarzenegger franchise. Exactly, <laughs> and he was in two of them because he was in yeah. uh, the
1: third one too. So yeah, man, my I, I tip my hat off to him. I mean, he at, at the end of the day, he's been in more movies than I'll ever be.
3: But then there's yeah. also the Harrison Ford route where he didn't... Wasn't he like 45 when he got Star Wars? Right? <laughs> he, he, was like the,
1: he was like the fucking carpenter for uh, uh, George Lucas, I believe. He was like yeah, just I mean, some dude, yeah, that, that was doing like bits and pieces... I mean, he was, uh, he was in apocalypse now for like two seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he was just a guy that was trying to make it. And I I believe he's like, oh, fuck it. My side. Well, his main income was being a carpenter and he was at the right place at the right time. And, you know, I, George Lucas is like, oh, this, this man is not that anybody ever thought that star Wars was going to be a a multi-billion dollar
2: franchise. Mm hmm. Alec Guinness was the biggest star in the movie at the, at the time. Right. Yeah, right. You know, that's one of those things, though. It's like if you're going, if we're just talking about Hollywood, but this would apply to anything. It's like if there's something you love and you're you're passionate about it and, and you're prepared, you know. So in his case, he was an actor. But at that time, he was a carpenter. But he did position himself out in in Hollywood. You know, he mm. was he was a carpenter in Hollywood. And it's like that doesn't hurt. I don't think, you know. To to get out here, and whether you're a bartender or whatever you are, I mean, if you're talented or you just have that that intangible quality, like that what that guy saw in uh, Edward Furlong at the arcade, he was probably a pedophile. The, uh, <laughs> he brought him to the casting couch, <laughs> but the uh, but the but with Harrison Ford, it's just like, look, if you're a really charming, cool dude, and you just happen to be a carpenter in a big producer's house. And you're you're charming and and you're and you're making these people laugh like there's it's not out of the realm of possibility that someone's going to be like, dude, what are you doing here? We got to get you do this. You got to at least come do a screen test in this film. You know, yeah. I mean, it's what if it? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like your like your whole philosophy, you know, what if it, it's like kind of being out there and, and positioning yourself, I think plays a big part in that. Now, did you guys ever go? This is it.
1: You had like Plan A and no Plan B, or was was you or you just burn like burn the bridges, burn the boats, or were you guys like, well, you know, we'll we'll take we'll have this for like a year, two years, three years, and it shouldn't work
2: out. Whether it was writing or uh, Phil, in fact, you can. I'll I'll just be quick here, but whether it was writing or whether it was anything sort of in the arts, or even if it wasn't, there was never going to be. I wasn't going. I had one job after college and I lasted about two weeks there at, a, at an office. And this woman told me I had to engage my brain. I just left and went surfing and I never went to another job again. I was just like, I <laughs> fuck this. And so we just figured out like, well, listen, this stuff in the, you know, you watch a movie about a painter. It's like, well, dude, that, that looks pretty cool or, or being in a filmmaker. And it's just like, Look, you're going to do, you're going to wait your tables and, you know, babysitter dog walk or whatever it is you're going to do in the meantime, or you'll figure something else. I think freedom is a big component to it, you know?
1: Well, you guys, so, all knew you, probably... you how to pay, pay your dues just in, in anything in life. And like, you know, what I preach is you have to, you have to hustle, but you have to pay your dues. It's not like you guys were like just writing the script and like, oh, well, lo and behold, Ryan Reynolds is going to be in this movie
3: actually you know what it's funny because we were talking about like the, the kind of the cocky dude who like comes out to l a and thinks he's like gonna crush it I, there was a part of me that kind of was that coming out of college like I moved to New York City two months after I graduated and I, I I signed up for acting classes like I was in an acting class like three weeks into my New York City time in New York City and like i I legit thought I was I was the only person in New York city trying to be an actor so like I was just incredibly naive but so, yeah, I didn't have any other plan. I went for it immediately. And then I didn't like acting. And then I started doing improv. And I didn't really like that. And then I started doing stand-up comedy. And I actually picked that up quickly. And that got that led me to writing. So, yeah, like I, I kind of had that moxie a little bit about, like, yeah, I'm going to fucking, like, I'm going to do this. Um, but, but, like, you were about to go off on what you were just about to say is that I got humbled very quickly because I was like, oh, fuck, there's a whole city of people that are trying to do this and I, I really learned that the hard way during stand up because trying to do stand up in new york city is just like starting out is brutal like you're performing for only comedians at open mics it's hard to get stage time but uh but yeah it was kind of like anybody that wants to work in entertainment even if you don't know go all in and try try a bunch of different things because it it can sometimes lead you to either something that in the entertainment industry that you were supposed to do or like It could lead you to something even like you could become a doctor. It's like, man, I didn't realize I wanted to become a doctor, but fuck, but here I am. And it started with just kind of going for something.
2: You know, Phil, uh, that's a great point. And that was actually something I wanted to talk about with you, Omar, is that sometimes I think if you're following your passion, like whether you want to be an NBA basketball player, and that's totally unrealistic, but you're really going for it because that's what your heart is in. I truly believe that if you're following your heart and you're following your passion, whether it doesn't lead to that goal, Another magical door is going to open to something. While well, while you're while you're just m- moving on that passion energy, something else is going to reveal itself to you. That's that's if not equally, maybe even better. That's even more suited for you. I, I think we all have
1: that. But what happens is like people just shit on our dreams, mm-hmm. trying to say we're protecting you. But overall, you know that dream to follow your passion and all that gets doused down We're like. <laughs> you're not going to make it. Like, I'm sure you oh, guys, you guys are going to do what <laughs> Hollywood? Come on now. Let, let, let's be realistic. Let's, let's focus. Let's, let's think of a nine to five job. Let's work for 30, 40 years and all that. Because we, I mean, everybody's had a dream. All All little kids follow your passion. If you say, if you ask any of them, yeah, I want to be an actor. I want this. I want that. Nobody's like, oh, I want to be a yes, man. I, wa- I want to mm-hmm. be, Middle management. I I I want to kiss ass and try to work my way up corporate America. That's that's really to me. That's what happens is you guys turn that off and you don't want to hear your friends, your family, coworkers, or whatnot. While other people are have these big dreams and they're like, okay, well, I, I'm 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 just gonna take a step back or two and and do the what if. And you know they'll always have that. You guys, at the end of the day, not only were you were you guys successful, but you guys had the courage to go. Hey, you know what? This is happening. And shit, you guys had a a major blockbuster during the pandemic. Uh, the numbers numbers come out, and it's my type of movie because I I love comedy. So
4: nice.
3: Uh, yeah, you know, I, w- I wasn't about to do the whole like. Going for it and then giving up and, and going back with the tail between your legs to the people who thought that you weren't like <laughs> make it. like I was like I mean again there was never really any doubt that I couldn't figure something out in this industry but like that for sure is just like oh man I can't I I, I refuse to fucking do that dude that that's so, like the like words. walk back and be like yeah, yeah maybe, you know I gave it a shot and like just to, and then start working just some fucking dead end job.
1: <laughs> that's like yeah. that's like being on Harvey Weinstein's casting couch. You go go all in, and you don't even get like a walk in part. Like you know, you get you get the bonus, I guess, of being on his couch. But then that's it. The, the major walk is shame to me. And you guys never wanted to humble yourselves and go, "Hey, I tried, but it 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 failed."
2: Well, you know, if you're not going for something, what are you doing? And and I mean, listen, that's what separates the. You know the 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 filmmakers and the artists and the NBA basketball players from the uh, from the construction workers and the waiters and not not that there's anything wrong with that everybody's kind of on their own journey but those no's you were talking about or the the people saying it's not going to happen it's not going to happen that's like the first line of like tests and it's like you're going to be challenged your whole entire life if you can't handle. The voices of your parents and your friends and your relatives being like you're an idiot for trying and i've gotten all those from all those people in and i'm grateful for them you can't you're not going to be able to handle the bigger challenges so they're kind of like those it's like the first line of like the universe being like listen do we really want to fucking conspire with this guy to, to make it big if he can't handle his aunt ruth saying that you're an idiot for wanting to go you know, follow your dream. You should say, Aunt Ruth, you're an idiot for not trying to do anything and just knitting sweaters for your idiot fucking family (laughs) your whole life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I I know the feeling because my mom was always like, till this day, my biggest critic, everybody's like, oh my gosh, has your mom read your book? I'm like, no, and she'll never read it. That doesn't mean, you know, I'm going to be like, on a therapist couch, it's it is what it is. My 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 mom taking advice from my mom on my career. I I, I would have been working at AT and would have been doing something miserable and all that. And you know, at the end of the day, hey, I love my mom. She did the best that she could. But you know, she's not my agent. She's not my my book critic. It's not like okay, well, mom, mommy, what what type of book can I write
3: for you to read? Yeah, you know? yeah, right. No, that's right. very, that's very true. Dude, I, yeah. I've been I've been saying, what if it did work? Like with everything, because and and the, the best thing about it is like, you know, everybody kind of wants like the flashy like John Wooden quote or like like Oscar Wilde quote or something, but like, what if it did work is so much more powerful and like its simplicity because it's just like man, like I, I I've been saying it a ton, like just Dude, like
1: I'm a fucking normal guy though. That's what I, and that's why people can relate to it. The Robert Frost. And all those quotes, yeah, you can say that to try to get laid or, or try to sound pompous, but who the hell talks like Ralph Waldo Emerson? You know, it it's it's cute. Let's buy it, let's, let's, let's put it up on our our, our wall, you know, on on going for it and all that. But at, at the end of the day, I mean, I the book was in my my language, my videos the way i talk i don't try to you know spruce it up. shit my background i'm a journalist so my my degree is hey let me write to a fifth grader or sixth grader because that's pretty much what america can comprehend
4: right
2: yeah i think yeah that what if is just power that's powerful powerful stuff and i mean that's how mandela got out of jail i mean he he said what if i could get out of here well,
1: if what you think if? about that, yeah. What if? And, you know, he was the most humble dude. I mean, most people would be like, if they ever got out, he would have probably wanted to burn down South Africa. And he's like, hey, let's just friggin', you know, take a step back and it's in the past.
2: The thing is, is when you start saying what if, that's when you start to get the little reasons. Why? Like it, it's, it'll start to reveal itself. It's like just by, by simply saying, like, what if I could do this? Uh, y- y- you get these little these little doors start to open, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, what if? Yeah, what if? what if? What if? What if? And they're like little tests along the way. It's like, well, what if? Can you handle this? Okay. Well, what if, what if I could handle the next thing? And you kind of get that next little door to open that next little challenge. Well, well you guys
1: are going to laugh. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a whore. I'll, I'll do any podcast and all that. Well, i uh, building contractor GC and all that specializing in home improvement and all that. And he's like, Hey, we, we would really like you to be on our podcast. And I mean, yeah, I'm Brown, but I'm not handy Manny. I don't know a thing about it, but I, Instead of saying, hey, you know, I don't know a thing about it. I'm like, hey, how about if that podcast, how about if that interview? I knock it out of the park. How about if somebody there huge listens to it? And, you know, it, that's that's the way you have to go through life. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's why I did it. And, and it was it went smooth. I mean, it, he wasn't asking me. It was just informative. And, you know, he, he could tell I wasn't like knowing how to charge. And it wasn't about that. It was about over he wanted to know how to overcome fear I, when it comes to being a general contractor. And I said, you know, just what we're talking about. The question is, what if, you know, we always focus on, you know, oh, I, I, I can't move to LA because, you know, there's earthquakes or because of this or because I'll never make it or, you know, there's so many people who am mine. You know, you guys, you, Phil, you went and you, you pivoted. You tried everything. You, you did the New York thing. And I got to hand it to you. Back in the 50s and 40s and 60s, that's how Marlon Brando, you hear about, they took uh, some famous um, acting class and all that with all these famous people and all that. And you didn't like that. So you pivoted. You, you tried comedy writing or you tried stand-up. But you know what? You didn't, you didn't make it there, but you guys wrote a script. So you had to have A, B, C, D, E, and F to be able to write comedy, to be able to write because, you know, it, it's to me, it's, it's a great script. Uh, I mean, the, the first and second, and not everybody can write comedy. And you, you, because of your experience doing that, you did that.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, stand up got me. It just helped me kind of find my voice and sort of the things that I just, I don't know, wanted to talk about it, things that I thought were funny and I, I still carry that along with me with our writing and, uh, so yeah, no, it just, it just got me writing and it got me trying to find my voice and yeah, no, it was like the best advice I got was I remember, uh, my dad sent me up with a meeting with this guy he went to high school with and he uh, that was his advice. It was like, try everything like you're in New York city. And I was like, man, yeah, like that. That's perfect.
1: When you guys wrote the script now, did you guys get to go to
2: Europe while they're filming it or it doesn't work that way? You know you could you you definitely could uh you you as the writer you have a right to go to the to the set um we were really we we were good friends with the director and we had met with the actors that we kind of needed to and you know when you go to these these sets it's it's not like I mean, there's a lot of just sitting around and everybody's doing something, but your job is already done. So you kind of become like a glorified, like, you want a contest to go spend a day on set. There's really not much for you to do. And so we just didn't. And it's, it, you know, it's, um, but there's cases where you can, and there's cases where they'll have the writers on there if they need to be actively making changes. But the director is also a writer and perfectly capable of making those things. And you have Ryan Reynolds, who's no slouch with, improv yeah so. you know guys so
1: you guys met with like sama hayek gary oldman ryan reynolds sam
2: uh, we worked mostly with the director at sam jackson
4: yeah. yeah
2: and then we would work you know through the director with with the other with the other actors no that's that's freaking cool
1: uh yeah <laughs> and, and like i said the numbers say, let's say pre-corona, to me, it, w- it was a hit. You guys tripled the the budget and all that. It was like, what, $180 that mo- at the movie made and all that? So, I mean, just imagine if we could go to the movie theaters. Like, I mean, here, we're finally yeah. able to. But you guys had that already, that, that hindrance that, you know, there's some states or who knows. Every, every state's different on... Can you go to a movie twenty feet apart five mask? who knows?
2: I mean, can mm-hmm. you go to a movie in l a yeah uh, yeah yep. yeah, yeah, I think we saw the movie in uh in Las Vegas,
1: yeah, <laughs> But you can't beat that,
2: yeah, no, <laughs> talk about yeah, at a casino, it's like talk about winning the lottery, and uh but it's like a lottery that you 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 work towards, you know it's not just completely chance, although there is that element of chance well you guys. Um,
1: you guys had, I, I mean, to me, that that must have still been pressure. You finally had the opportunity. And at the end of the day, they could have said, well, you know, we had amazing actors, but the script sucked. And, you know, maybe you guys, you guys are the ones that actually make the film because it, it's, it's all about screenwriting. It's, it's all about, I, I mean, that, like Quentin Tarantino, it, it's just a quirky script that, that he right. writes that differentiates him from other movies. And at, at the end of the day, you know, you can have friggin' John Carpenter or, or whomever doing the movie, Alfred Hitchcock, although he's been dead for a million years. But still, I mean
2: Yeah. No, I think it was Louis B. Mayer or something who had this quote that was like the screenwriter is the most important part of of movie making, but we can never let them know that.
4: No, it's true. Uh,
2: it's uh, it, it is interesting because it's like you the screenwriter builds it and there's nothing without that. But, you know, filmmaking is interesting because the director is the one that's working with the actors and then they bring it to life. But you know, I appreciate you saying that because, you know, a lot of times the, the screenwriters, you know, they they do get lost in the in the shuffle of just sort of, you know, behind the scenes. They're they're respected to some extent, but it can get lost in the shuffle of like, you know, a, a director and a star. That's a glamour profession. You know, that's the, that's, they're kind of like the rocks. star. Well, that's who star they too. see.
1: They, they, they that's see who they the, see.
2: Yeah. yeah. But that, but that everything that they're seeing existed, you know, on a, on a piece of paper and, and words that were made from, you know, two people in this case, brothers, just sitting in a, a house in Hollywood, you know, grinding it out for months, for months, for months and months. Yeah. And so you how, the, how long did it take to, how long did it take to write that script? I think the full process was like six months. Um, and yeah. I mean, it was like three months to do it. And then you you kind of go back and forth with the director and the actors and you get notes. But I, I would say like, yeah, that whole process could be about six months.
4: Yeah. 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 It but
2: I mean, like- it, you can, you can take, but anyway, I mean, the yeah, screenplay can take, we've had some projects in development for 10 years, but like the actual writing of a script can take, I mean, it can happen in a week. It could happen in a couple of years, you know, it just all, it all depends on the project.
3: Yeah, like so, there's a story of that. Scream was written in a weekend, which I'd like to see the fine print on that. <laughs> you, you, you never know.
2: Well, well, there's like a lot of
1: bullshit. Like um, Sylvester Stallone wrote like Rocky, like just watching the fight, and he he wrote it like that day. Uh, I mean, I, I find that I, I'm sure he had the premise, yeah, and all that, but I, I think it was Hollywoodized to say you know he was just at some typewriter going oh this is this is amazing and i'm going to write about adrian and and mick and you know voila you know
2: here, here's my whole screenplay yeah no i think you can definitely kind of get the if you're really inspired and you see the whole story you can get you can probably get a general draft down in a in a weekend yeah. or something like that but then you're gonna yeah he's gonna spend a lot of time developing that and he's going to develop it with the producers and the actors and it's a whole process it, it gets then it gets pretty collaborative
1: now, do you guys have like a bunch of scripts, original scripts on hand, or do you guys wait for like a director or producer to call and go, hey, you know what, guys, I, I, want, I want a comedy or I want, well, could you guys write drama? If, if somebody's like, hey, we want some real boring, sappy movie with like English actors that nobody really can <laughs> know. With
2: Eddie Redmayne? Well, Eddie Redmayne yeah.
1: would be, but, but you know, it, it, let, let's picture Eddie Redmayne, like uh, Ab, Abbey, Westminster Abbey, whatever that, Downtown mm-hmm. Abbey. Like, could you guys write a, a script like that?
3: Or, or I don't, I mean, to? maybe, like, I mean, maybe, I don't know, because like, like when I, if I've ever seen like Downtown Abbey, I was like, man, I don't even know where I would like start with like writing <laughs> But at the same time, if you like sat down and, and you were offered it and you were kind of like in it and you were like, well, fuck! Now we have to do this. I think we could definitely like figure it out for sure.
1: Well, I mean, if 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 it's a must, and you know, somebody's like, well, here's here's a a cash cash load of you know a suitcase of a hundred dollar bills, of course. But you know, if somebody's like, well, here, why don't you write like for me, like, why don't you write sci fi? It'd Be like, oh, uh, or you know, some Jude Deveraux book, or like Stephen King and all that. I, I mean, I,
3: I wouldn't. Well, like- we have a script about the Rolling Stones that, I mean, they're British and I don't know how they speak, but we kind of just like boiled it down to, I mean, what would these people do in this situation? And then you just kind of write it and like kind of bring your own sort of voice to it a little bit. And then it works out. And the script we wrote about the Rolling Stones is like probably one of our favorite scripts around town. And I think between the both of us, like you kind of just, you kind of just, you don't worry about like, well, how would I write this or I'm not British. You just kind of like, what's the character going through? And then, you just kind of do it,
1: yeah. But but a movie like with the Rolling Stones, I mean, why hasn't that been made? I mean, to me, they're way in the history of rock, way bigger than Freddie Mercury <laughs> or uh, okay, Elton John's big. But I mean, with the Rolling Stones, you've got Death, you, you have like OD, you have you know Keith Richards and friggin' Mick Jagger who haven't really been the best of friends you have drama yeah you you would think something like that
2: would you basically just pitched our movie uh (laughs) and and you know the thing is is it has been a long journey uh to get that off the ground and it's getting closer the biggest problem is actually dealing with the band themselves and it's not because you can't go make a movie about the rolling stones you certainly can it's um you to get their music they have to have a say and in, in, in a hand in it, and you don't want their hand in it because you want to tell the story, the real story, not the sugar coated way Mick Jagger wants to be perceived, and he's very cautious about his image. So there, yeah. we're actually trying to get it done just without the the music, which I know that sounds insane. It's it's a much smaller story. It's just yeah. about the. Rec- it's more like a play about that encapsulates everything you said omar down to one experience they had writing and recording an album in the south of france in 1970 it's almost like a play and um and i think it could happen without the music but the biggest reason why that hasn't happened is because the band can is it's i mean the, because like what you said is that they're so big and they're so powerful they're very hard to to and get it
1: they're all about the money i mean when you're like 90 yeah. and you're still touring And you haven't made a decent song in like 40 years and you're selling thousand dollar tickets. I mean, yeah, Yeah. but, but you had a point because I read somewhere that yeah, Elton John wanted the truth, but like queen wanted like this Hollywood eyes that that movie was like 80% bullshit on what just because they, they produced the movie themselves. Right.
2: Yeah. See, I think that's wrong. I mean, you're just, cause you're, how can you get a, how can you get a real account? Of something i mean i look at if, if they want to be like hey it was kind of like this or kind of like that but i you a good writer would want to would want to take those and then and then make his own opinion about other opinions he's heard about that story or else you don't get the story you get a you get a disney ride version of I, I, I don't
1: know story. why like but why what's the motivation dude i mean Freddie's dead queen hasn't been relevant and, and until they dig out like you know A twenty-year reunion or thirty—like, who cares what the honest truth is? I mean, why, why Hollywoodize it? It's not going to make me want to go buy more Queen albums.
3: Yeah, I feel like maybe they they just wanted to go to the Oscars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) I'm going to say something—a dick, a dick move here. But if Freddie would have never died, I I don't think—I think the band. Uh, jumped the shark and became like this Hollywoodized version after Freddie died and you know he the the last concert or whatever the live aid and all that because I mean I'm a little older than you guys but it wasn't like I was ever I was a little kid but it was like oh my gosh I need I need to dress up like Freddie Mercury or I can't wait till I'm I'm 20, so I can uh, I, I can grow my Ron Jeremy mustache or anything. Yeah. Like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I think uh, I think Wayne's World kind of yeah. Wayne's World, and yeah, it, yeah. Where would that be? Band be without Wayne's World and
4: Oh, Freddy dude, R-3? yeah, a little bit.
1: Bohemian Rhapsody had a new life of its own because of that friggin' movie. Because I mm-hmm. I can't recall like in high school or it, it came out like right when I was a senior in high school or something like that. I can't recall before that people were like, Oh my gosh, I, you know, let me sing that horrible song. Cause I mean, it, it's, it's not an amazing song. It's not like, Oh my gosh, mama mia, mama mia. Oh, this is, this is great. You know, and, and it, it's yeah, it's sad. It's amazing. It's a great story. Great job, Freddie. But yeah, it's two things. Wayne's World, and he died young. Which you know that that's a recipe for let's sell more albums.
3: Yeah, you know I'm never sitting around and throwing Bohemian Rhapsody on. Like, no, I mean like it's I, like I think it's a great song, but I, I yeah I'm never throwing it on and like yeah, being like, out.
1: And, and I've never you know people like when when the movie came out they're like oh we're edgy we're we're playing fucking Bohemian Rhapsody it's like. No, you you friggin' watch two comedians trying to stretch out a friggin' SNL skit and cash in on it and make a bunch of sequels. That that's the only reason why they play because you know people don't understand it. The, the whole movie was cheesy in its premise. I mean, they're driving around that friggin' gremlin. I mean, they're they're dressed like it, like God knows what. And you know, and Alice Cooper got is like two minutes of fame
2: for for being in the movie. Yeah, that kind of brought Alice Cooper back. <laughs> uh,
1: well, that and I, I think he isn't he like a staunch Republican. Isn't he like Ted Nugent? I mean, you, you, it's like all these like older guys that have washed up. They're like, okay, well, how can we move the needle? It's like, well, let's let's just support like a guy that everybody hates because I, I know that was like Scott Bayo. I mean, it was like all these obscure, like people that, you know, that got their 15 minutes of fame again by, by saying, and it's not like, I'm not political, but I'll, I can't recall any of these people being political, but you know, all of a sudden they're like, you know, and, and, Hey, any publicity is great publicity, which.
2: Yeah. You know, I don't remember Charles and charge, like talking uh, right-wing politics with the, uh, yeah, he wasn't with, was the, with um, Willie <laughs> Thomas's or him mean, Willie Ames were Willie like, Ames, yeah. We're, while while we're they were doing Zap,
4: you know. Yeah. Uh, about, last I recall, um,
2: Zap
1: didn't have a, a political, you know. And, and hey, I was like a little kid when Zap came out. And with all that, uh, all the nudity and all that, it was like uh, a kid's dream watching that movie.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we were talking about something early th- earlier, though, Omar, and you actually had hit this point, which is like, when you get offered something, say yes and then figure it out later.
1: Oh, you know? yo,
2: hey, you, you yeah. guys, you guys actually do watch watch my stuff and all that. that yes, yeah, I, I say that all the time. That's that's why. I mean, because the worst thing is is you could get ha- uh, fired, but you but the best thing is is you could not get fired and you could actually find out you're good at it. You know, yeah,
3: so, yeah, right, right, right.
2: Well, like with with
1: that GC with the general contracting podcast, it, it was a no lose. Situation. How about if it was a major train wreck, and mm-hmm. those guys put me on it, and I had like all all these builders and all that. Like, oh my god, that guy is such an asshole, and all that. But that guy doesn't know his his nail from from his dick. Well, mm-hmm. hey, at least that that made an impression. So yeah, me, it, it it was. They're like, hey, you want to do it for sure? If and I, I would tell anybody this. If somebody wanted to put me on a podcast on on dogs, like if, if Caesar Milan wanted, I'd I'd be like full into it, talking about you know how people fear dogs, <laughs> where where the spirit comes from, and all that. And me and him would be petting pooches, you
2: know. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, you just never know where 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 it's going to go. It's always it's kind of always good to take that take the journey, go where you're invited whether you aren't going to know anybody at the party, whether it's not your kind of party, like it is kind of good to at least show up when you're invited somewhere. Whether it's a podcast or
4: a job
2: opportunity. Hollywood, Hollywood. When you see all these like b
1: movie horror movies and all that years later, you're like, holy shit. Kevin Bacon is in like friggin' Friday the 13th part. Two. He gets smoked and all that. It's (laughs) because what you said, you take the job. I don't think yeah. you can't put Courtney Cox in a friggin' video these days or like during your friends days. But, you know, when friggin' Bruce Springsteen's like, oh, would you like to be, uh, you know, dancing in the dark or something like that? She's like, hell yeah, of course, because yeah, you have to pay your dues.
2: No, yeah. like if, but I think Benicio Del Toro is first. I mean, he's like the ultimate badass, cool, one of the coolest actors in, I think, like movie history. His first movie was uh, Duke the Dog Face Boy in uh, Pee Wee's big big top Pee-wee.
4: <laughs> he played
2: like a he played a circus freak, you know? And it's like, you know, the thing is, it's like you you go there and it's like you're gonna meet, you're gonna meet other actors, you're gonna make connections, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna you build that energy. It's like, well, I'm on a move, I wanted to be an actor. Now I'm on a movie set. I'm pi- I'm, you know, picking up this this energy and and then it takes you to the next to the next thing, you know, But yeah.
1: the thing is, all of us, we're all connected in the whatever it takes. And, mm-hmm. and that's the attitude you have to have to be successful, whether it's Hollywood, whether it's Joe Bob selling tires, whether it's anything. You, you have to you have to say, hey, you know what? I'm in. All I'm in. And I'll do whatever it takes. If, if I have to be in a goofy commercial saying, Hey, come on down. You know, we're going to, we have the best tires around and all that. Yeah, you do it. I, I have, I have no doubt that, yeah, it's a process and everybody has, mm. has to put in their time and all that. And what happens is like that, that old adage that they're only three feet away from gold that the person's like, they, they stop. They're like so close to hitting Pager and like, yeah. for me. Instead of just having the attitude of, okay, I'm one day closer. I'm I'm one script closer. I'm one phone call. I'm one audition. I'm one something closer to who yeah. I, I want to be.
2: And and it really, it really kind of ties in with like enjoying the ride, you know, because it's you you start to realize, and I remember this with uh, you know, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, and like the movie came out and like <sighs> The movie, the movies, and now it's gone and now it's on DVD and, and it'll eventually, you know, there'll be other movies and, you know, people won't talk about it or whatever. And it's like, but when I think about our whole journey, you know, to get there from when we started writing screenplays, I mean, think about all the incredible people we met, like living in Venice and all the friendships yeah. and other like-minded people on that same journey. You know, one of which was the director of the Hitman's wife's Bodyguard, who we had no plans to work together over the eight years of knowing each other. We were just friends that met at a party. And it's like to, when I look back at at those eight years, it's like, I don't think about the the, going to see the movie in the theater or meeting Samuel L. Jackson, although those were all cool, great things. I think about that journey of that writing journey and all the sort of just great inspiring things that happen, because I think when you're inspired to do something, you're going to get aligned with other people that are inspired to do something. If it's not the exact same thing, it's a similar journey and you can you find can find yourself in an interesting community of people and and I think that's important for people to realize too that it's not just about that thing that goal that's the mcguffin that's what gets you there it's that magical ride it's that it's that magical journey to there that that's what you're going to remember when it's all said and done
3: oh it's easy yeah it's, it's, it's easy uh, to get caught up in the end goal in the end game in the end it. goal yeah so easy to get caught up in that um and yeah, I remember the first, the one another piece of advice I got was I randomly befriended these two older women when I first moved in New York City. It was really, really random. And they took me to this concert in Central Park. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't know really what, it was just, it was bizarre because I was 22 and they were definitely like maybe 45, maybe even 50. And yeah, this woman just wanted to hang out with me all the time. And yes, yeah, she brought me to this concert in Central Park and she was there with a friend of hers. And the friend was just like, if you want to be a great artist like don't forget to live your life which is and i was like oh wow yeah and then the more that i've like kind of been on this journey i'm like man that's like the best advice like yeah like do your homework like watch a ton of movies and watch a ton of shows and listen to a ton of music but like don't forget to go outside and like do shit (laughs) it's like it literally Mm -hmm. then you that's where you get experiences from and you bring those experiences into your work and um yeah so like and really enjoying that journey is it's like everything because it it is hard
2: all you're thinking about
3: is. All you're thinking about is the end game, you're just gonna drive yourself crazy. Well,
2: and you're gonna become a like a loser that nobody wants to hang out with because you're yeah. a psycho. Yeah, you're
3: gonna be bitter and like angry. Yeah, no, totally. Well,
1: you have to enjoy the process because it, it's all worth it. I I mean, you guys knew, but I mean, you guys had to hustle, you guys had to be humble, you had to stay hungry, you had to eat shit, you had to do this. And that you reminisce and you're like, Oh my gosh, I remember that. I remember that. And you guys Mm. had a goal in mind and, but you enjoyed every little bit about it. Now, if you guys were just chasing the money and saying, well, you know, I just, we just want our, our names on a poster. Okay. Well then once you hit that, then it's, it's empty. Yeah. Just chasing money. Well, always, it'll always be empty. And it's, I, 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 you know, I'm sure none of us have spoken to Steven Spielberg, but I, I, I'm sure his process from USC film school, like everything from jaws to all that. And then just being snubbed a million times for the Oscar and it wasn't winning the Oscar and all that. It's like, it's the process because at the end of the day, you know, it, anybody can make money but you guys create art that's that's something that i mean when we're all long gone you you guys and that that's why i any movie and any any play and any poem any book and all that art everything it's all art it's all created by it's not like created by a machine it's it's created by you guys that script was your work it was your work it was your work completely it wasn't like if somebody else would have written it it would have been something completely different but they didn't because it's Mm. your masterpiece
4: right Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i think that yeah i think that's very true
1: i mean you'll always hear people oh my god well that 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 and I, I've never said, oh, that movie sucks. Well, it's like, well, I, I, I can't write. <laughs> you know, I, I can't act. So that's why, you know, I, I've never each his own, you know, at, at the end of the day. some whoever writes those Hallmark movies or Lifetime movies, they, you know, that that was a work of art from the writer to the editor, to the producer, to the director, to the friggin caterer, because, I, you know, you have to put the caterer down on the. The credits.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, very true. So what's next? i That's what I want to know. Because believe it or not, somebody was um, reposting that they were all excited. One of my social media friends that they're watching back to back the hitman's bodyguard and the hitman's bodyguard's wife. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be interviewing those guys and I know them personally and it was like holy shit. So you see <laughs> like I said you guys have arrived.
2: Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's great. That's uh yeah, our uh no that
1: yeah, that, that's <laughs> I, I, awesome. I I whenever somebody's like what what podcast, you know? I'm like, dude, there's so much other shit, economics and all that that will put you to sleep, but you guys you guys fucking you guys will make People laugh. And and that, especially in, for the past, you know, two years or whatever, I don't know, I don't keep a calendar. That's what the world needs is more laughter instead of more, you know, the Delta, the Trilams, the Alpha Beta, <laughs> this variant, that variant, get three shots, get four shots, you know, we enough of that, you know.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Well, in the, the, to your point, laughter is the best medicine. Isn't that what they uh, what they say?
4: <laughs> oh, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine
2: if that's what they found out was the cure for COVID was laughter. <laughs> 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 well well then you know that, no wonder
1: la new york miami all these places have high numbers because you know there are so many fucking people are, are just like bent and twisted and, and and they are chasing the money instead of dude i i mean at the end of the day have i lived my life yeah completely and especially you know it, it's stupid shit like you know, once I got Corona, not that I wasn't living in, but I'm like, here, this is a perfect example. You know, it didn't make me go, hey, you know, I'm going to stay hunkered down until we find a cure. I went out and about, man. The only reason why I haven't been in L.A. and all that is because, you know, of all the bullshit. But, you know, it, if it's my time to go because, you know, I, I'm that unlucky person with the point zero 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 one. I guess like when the ventilators on me, I'd be like, with those odds, how come I could have fucking won the lottery? But-
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, uh, it, yeah, you know, it's very true. You know, I really, I love that. Um, what's his name who plays John Connor? What's that? I Edward, Furlong? Edward yeah. Furlong. I love that story so much. And uh, just about that. He just went out to play video games one day and, uh, and he just gets cast in a movie and it, to kind of tie it into your what if thing it's like what a great you know for all these like miserable fucks out there just anyone uninspired by 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 life or whatever the day the day-to-day grind it's like what about waking up every day and just being like what if i went to like the grocery store and got cast in a movie or something it's like but but it's like but or, or something like it's like if you just said that made that your mantra every day and it's like it might not be that but like what if something great and unexpected happened and i bet if you did that you would open yourself up to more wild opportunities that you just never expected because you've been so shut down it's like if you don't think like that and i'm some asshole that's like life sucks and i'm walking in the pharmacy and i'm just like man fucking life sucks and i hate that i'm not gonna get cast in a new terminator movie i'm not you know what i mean like I, and, and I mean, I'm not saying that if I walk out and I'm and i and I'm saying I'm going to get cast in a movie that I'm going to get cast in the movie. But like, I think if you walk out by saying like, what if something fucking extraordinary could happen to me and unexpected? What if something unexpected and extraordinary happened? You said that every day, your odds just by doing that increase, I think, exponentially in, in the unexpected happening to you. But you know what?
1: Believe it or not, I think that if I was there at that moment, we had the Doc Brown time machine and all that We'd probably see that he was a happy-go-lucky kid. that, yeah. you know he was just fucking all smiles, and he was—he
2: was feeling it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, while there was like thousands of kids probably you know sitting down, cast their mom and dad, you better make this happen. You bet. You better be fucking John Connor. This is it. Yeah. This is it. And you know the kids like miserable because living in fear, living yeah. in fear, and saying, "I need this part. I need this part." While this kid, you know, the universe opened up to him because you know. He's just a great kid. I mean, it would have happened to him if, you know, whoever, the director or or whomever that found him. It's like, hey, would you like to fuck you? I'm playing (laughs) Pac-Man. No.
3: Yeah, totally. It's so funny. Go ahead.
2: No, no. Continue.
3: Like, I, I it's so funny. Like, I'm like actually now reflecting on when I first moved to New York City and I was legit like. I was so naive, but I actually think that it kind of helped me a little bit. I honestly mm. thought like I would be walking down the street and literally like there'd be some, someone at a, at a lunch table be like, who is that kid? I, I like, I'm not even kidding. Like, and it, it's, it's like a lot of people, like maybe you can look at it and be like, well, what an idiot. But then, cause then again, you get humbled, but then when you get humbled, that's when you start really doing the work. Cause I really wasn't putting in the work. I was like in an acting class like once a week, but I literally was like, I kind of had that like cockiness a little bit, dude you know although
2: like just a little inspired delusion I think can kind of go a long way (laughs) like if you're inspired and like like that like the what it just ties into the whole what if it's just like yeah I mean and I I am actually I want to start it's like I want to go out and run an errand after this podcast and just be like what if something truly amazing and unexpected happened on that on that errand and it's like you know I it's probably not going to be your why you want to cast you in a movie but just like I mean, for any single people that's like, you know, meeting a girl or, uh, you know, just meet, just bumping into someone you haven't seen in a long time. It's just like keeping yourself open to the unexpected, I think is I think is I think there's some magic to that. Yeah, I
1: think there's some magic in Bill just going having that 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 big dream that imagination was so big. You know, yeah, it didn't happen in New York, but look at where we're at right now. So because you you were open to and your imagination was like hey you know what somebody's going to run into me and that's it it didn't happen that way but you weren't like okay I'm not going to New York because you know the the taxes and the crime and the overcrowding and this and that and and you know you didn't focus on the negative you just went there with a the big dream and you had your imagination all of us, or you know, not us, but a lot of people, their imagination shut down at, at 18, 19, out yeah. of college, yeah,
2: younger, yeah. No, well, I, I mean, ima- imag- imagination is where it starts. That's where it starts. You know,
3: there's a well, lot. I first power day in New York City when I moved there. There was a there was a bombing in London, and the first day I moved to New York City, I was actually interviewed by the news about like whether I felt safe traveling. <laughs> I was like, man, that's a good sign. I've been here two hours. I'm already on TV. (laughs) I was like, let's do this.
4: Mm -hmm. I've
1: got a similar story. I I, I moved back down to... I'm from South Florida, but I moved moved back down. And it was during the the Al Gore um, W election. Everything was in the balance and all that. And the news crew, just like the second, third day back in town, they wanted my opinion on it. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is awesome. I'm, I'm back. I'm back home. Big things are going to happen. And, you know, it, it didn't work that way. But, you know, it, it's just funny that uh, at one time, if you could Google, when people would Google me, it would come up that, you know, my, my opinion on the The balance of the election, and you know what would happen if Al Gore won compared to the, the W. You know, we'd we'd all have flying cars, I guess, if if Al Gore won. And it, it, it's like the butterfly effect. Maybe we we would have never known who Eddie who Eddie Redmayne was if Al
2: Gore. <laughs> yeah, won. if Al Gore had won, Eddie, Eddie Redmayne would be a plumber in in in, uh, in the the slums of London right now. Well, they're there Brixton. Um,
1: Uh, the movie, I I, um, shoot, Ed Sheeran's in it. It it was about the Beatles, but it really wasn't about the Beatles. You guys, I I don't know the
3: name of the movie and all Uh, that. Yesterday, I think yesterday, yeah,
1: yesterday. Indian dude wakes up, there's no such thing as the Beatles, and he writes the songs. Well, the jest is at the end that um, John Lennon would have never been shot, he would have just been like some normal, like Mm -hmm. plumber or something like that, happy go.
2: I would go Beatles shot, then not Beatles live in that house they found him in. And he's just like a, a plumber, I think.
3: Totally.
1: Oh, um, um, dude, if, if we, if no we had a seance right now, they'd be like, okay, besides Yoko and, and getting shot, would you about. rather be like 80 now and, and fucking... In no. Your life, or would you like to be John Lennon? I, I think he he still would have chosen, <laughs> yeah,
3: to be John. Beatles, Lennon. I like the Beatles and shots. Yeah, <laughs> well,
1: it's it's true. I, I mean, he he lived his life to the fullest at forty whatever, compared to like if he was right now just like you know living off his whatever, living somewhere in London just some
2: average Joe. I mean, yeah, (laughs) but I would need a range of like when it's going to happen, not just like, Hey, you can be in the Beatles, but you're going to get, or you can be a rock star, but at some point you're going to get shot. Then you're like every day it's like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? I would need to be like, all right, you're going to be in a band for 15 years. You're going to have it all. And then at some point after those 15 years, within the range of about four years, you're going to get shot. I would yeah, take that deal. i I'd take I, I would deal. take that too.
1: But as a little kid, if they're like, "Okay, well, you're, you're gonna you're gonna be a big rock star," and it's it's like Freddie Mercury, and I'm gonna be like. Trolling dudes,
2: and I'm gonna look like I'm in the village. People, <laughs> like, yeah. No, yeah. I need to be able to choose. Like, I. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, like,
1: like, like you know, like I have all rock stars and all that. If, if it was like, okay, well, you're you're gonna have to be like in the village people, and you're gonna be a pitcher or a catcher and all that. I'm like, oh well, no.
4: How about if yeah.
1: I'm a moderate rock star? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: with, yeah, with one or two songs.
2: Yeah. that's hysterical I wonder if now I'm wondering if John Lennon did take that deal and they're like but you also have to be married to Yoko Ono and, and you have to make like she has to sing but i, I think yeah that, that was part of the deal she you have to let her sing on your records and he's but, like but if you think about it all right this is getting tougher by the second to <laughs> make this decision all right how many songs If it's just three
1: or four. exactly exactly but then also if you think about it paul mccartney tried to one-up him too because he's like okay well linda's gotta be singing too on on wings and <laughs> Like her, her fucking singing and I love you and all. It's like, yeah. oh, shit. you're like the white version of Yoko Ono with your, yeah. your beautiful talent.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that
1: now, 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 after the podcast, you guys are gonna be like, did Did Kurt Cobain was his
2: life expectancy supposed to be 27 because he took that deal? Yeah. Well, yeah, that twenty-seven deal. It seems like a lot of rock stars have taken. Yeah,
1: dude. I I (laughs) saw like some documentary somewhere, like Janis Joplin, um, Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain. Like twenty-seven is like, yeah, maybe these people all all had to deal with whomever. Like, you know, we'd have to do like uh, a seance, maybe um, the Long Island medium. You know, call her. Cobain
3: Cobain definitely felt like the one that was just like, Yo, I'm out of here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean, like i don't he know what's going on at the
1: height of his thing and I, I i didn't get the the fucking cheesy letter and all that i, I remember i was in, in the fraternity house and people were like crying i'm like oh shit you know what what did some was there a major i'm like oh my gosh they found kurt cobain because i i remember he was like missing for two days and you know, there was there was all this drama and Ted Bundy wasn't around, so we couldn't blame Ted Bundy.
2: <laughs> wow. Imagine if Ted Bundy what I mean, if Ted, Ted Bundy could have killed if he had killed Courtney Love, that that would have been. <laughs> well, it, it's that funny. would have been the
1: one they would have excused him for. It, it was funny before before you jumped on, We, me and Phil were talking about the, this renaissance with like Ted Bundy, that all of a sudden there's like these movies and documentaries. Yeah. All on on a dude that's been dead, and there's like there hasn't been anything new about it. It's just like all of a sudden everybody has this like fucking frantic he's hot, was he not hot? And it's <laughs> like, who cares? You know? Yeah. And there's more twisted shit out there that we can you let's find new new shit out there. I mean, if we found the Lion King or the Tiger King, we can find something else besides friggin' Ted Bundy.
2: Yeah. And it makes you think it's like this guy's getting a lot of recognition for doing some horrible shit. <laughs> like he's a he's like a he's like an American like legend, like he's, he's like a rock star. I mean, he's like a rock. I mean, he's treated like a rock star. And the oh, no. there's more documentaries about Ted Bundy than there are about the Rolling Stones. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe. Yeah, maybe that's God's way of saying that God rewards serial killers. Well,
3: I'll never forget. I was at the mall. I was at the mall and like when we were living in Syracuse, this had to have been like 1989. And I remember there was like a Spencer Gifts or it was some like one of those like funky stores. And there was a Ted Bundy t-shirt. I was like, who's Ted Bundy? And I think my mom was just like, you're not getting that t-shirt. I was like, that was my first time I ever heard of who he was. I'm like, man, he's on a t-shirt. I feel like a Bo Jackson t-shirt. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it's like Charles Manson too, man. And, and yeah, Apocalypse Now. People don't understand that Charlie Don't Surf wasn't about Charles Manson. It was freaking about the Viet Cong. But yet, yeah. it was like a Charles Manson renaissance. It was like, no, if you guys watch Apocalypse Now, there's Charles Manson
3: is not in this bit in this flick. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's another one. He's another one for sure.
1: Oh, dude, it was like, I mean every little thing and whenever his other cronies and all that were up for parole or any little story out in California on like frigging Charles Manson, is he married? Is he not married? was he a good songwriter? Did he write a song for the beach boys and all that? And it's like, well, uh, who gives a fuck? And then, but then there was a Renaissance when um, Quentin Tarantino wrote that movie about um, once upon a time or what? It was something
2: like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I,
1: I, I love all his flicks, but that one was like kind of like. I mean, was it like? If we hope in our thoughts and prayers, maybe this is the actual thing that happens. That you
2: know. yeah, yeah, he likes to kind of rewrite history.
1: Yeah, between the Inglorious Bastards and then that movie, it was like a complete, you know, history 101. And it's like, what what the fuck am I? I mean, I I love his scripts and all that. But when I was watching that, it was like, and then they keep on bringing it up because he made Bruce Lee an asshole in the movie. And Bruce Lee's family's like, he wasn't a dick. And it's like,
3: it's, you know, talk about somebody who like, I mean, you want to talk about following your bliss. Like, Quentin Tarantino, like, no, talk about what if it worked. I mean, <laughs> like, having these, like, grand, like, thoughts. It,
4: right? Did work at
3: like, more than probably any, like, artist that's ever existed, that guy just went full fucking throttle. Like, I'm, well, gonna, he's possessed. It, I'm gonna be great at it, and...
2: And he's, but he. you know what, it goes to show he's possessed by film. Yeah. He's He's yeah. in love with it. He's, like, and that man, that gets it done. Like if you are just like true passion and true, you know. I, I mean, he, yeah. I mean that that energy, that Tarantino energy. I mean, you watch any interview with him, and he's just he's. It's like he's gonna jump through your screen and and, and <laughs> fucking with a flamethrower and take it to you. It's just like I mean, he's. It just goes to show if you're just possessed by whatever it is that you're passionate about. That's going to go. A lot. That's going to take well, you a long
4: you way. Know,
2: what are the odds? Well, there's no blockbusters anymore.
1: That a guy at a video rental is consumed by watching films all day. That he gets a, it inspires him to start writing scripts, and lo and behold, you know, you you have one of the greatest writers and all that. And I, I mean, his acting's pretty funny too. I mean, I um. What what was it? The one with sama Hayek? the the vampire movie from *Dust yeah, Till Dawn*.
2: Dust yeah. Till Dawn. Yeah. Although I think he
1: played himself because he he's always that fucking over caffeinated, creepy fucking guy that that you know you don't you don't want to give him a gun or anything.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and then like *True Romance* was I think his first script, and that thing got passed around like for years, and and people were passing left and right, and then all all it takes is just one person and one person yeah. found. Like, they gave it to the director, Tony Scott, and Tony Scott's like, well, this is my next movie. Like, that's that's just classic kind of Hollywood right there.
1: Speaking of True Romance, you know what I love about that movie is you have a white guy playing a black guy. They're like, fuck it, Gary Oldman, can you play a black guy? And he's like, sure. Yeah. Man. Can you just give me bread. <laughs> yeah. And what if <laughs> it did Jack, work? Jack, <laughs> yeah. What if, yeah? That's, that's what if it did work. They're like you're english but we need a black guy can you play this part so he's like oh yeah of course you know I'll, i i can be the pimp i can be the black pimp
2: just mm-hmm. give me some dreads yeah that uh yeah tarantino is a great example of just yeah if you're just possessed by something that's going to take you that's going to take you a long way you gotta i think you gotta be passionate to to get anything done you know <laughs>
1: Well, we 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 all do because at the end of the day, we're following our our dreams. Like whenever somebody tells me, you know, do I feel like I'm Don Quixote and all that? Which I've I've had that a couple times. I'm like, shit, they must really be into English uh, to Spanish literature and all that. And I'm like, well, you know, if he was fucking happy, he was chasing windmills, he was doing his dream, and you know, at the end of the day, that's all all we can do is. You know, if you have a dream and you go after it, even if it is chasing windmills or it's, you know, that one in a million, that one in a million still the quote, dumb and dumber, that means you still have a shot. There's still, there's still that odds.
3: Yeah. yeah your- just to
2: come back, come, come to come back full circle. It's like, if you're, if you're out there and you're, you're going for what you love. And even if that kind of version doesn't happen, I think that when you're on the passion train, it, you might get off on a different stop, and it wasn't your desired stop, but it's like it's it's a still a stop on that train, and it's going to be something you might not have even expected that you would never have have gotten to had you not tried to get to the to the promised land, you know that you that you had envisioned.
1: Well, you know, it's always about the promised land, and what's crazy is I keep on telling you guys, hey, whenever this shit ends, you know, we're we're gonna go visit Medmen or whatever out in Southern Cal and it's like, you know, we still haven't flattened that curve. So I, you know, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: We're,
2: we're, we're ready. We're, when the, when the Omar plane lands in LA, it's okay, it, it That's a script within a script right there. You know, that's so, actually a great idea. Yeah.
1: So how, how, how do we find you guys? I know how to find you guys, but everybody else out there
2: there's a little bar down the street in this back alley called temptation that you might find me at, uh, every so often singing some karaoke, but, um, you got the camp good boy Instagram. It's, it's well worth it with all the bullshit that's out on Instagram. You got, you guys, it's,
1: it's art that, that always puts a smile on my face. That's for even when I don't post or I have no intentions and I go in those moods, I, I always still scroll down to see you guys, and especially whenever you guys have your haters and you you, you ruffle some woke person that has to do some stupid ass comment.
3: Oh man, I, uh, those those comments, those negative comments section people, they have they're doing life all wrong. <laughs> like all yeah, right. Those,
1: those are the those, that's, Ka- that's Karen. Those are the Karens, and those are the 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 friggin people that are trying to write everything to like you know, ban friggin cartoon characters and just stupid shit instead of just like what what you said, just live your life, you know so I know you the movie you i, I I've seen it. you can download it on Amazon Prime. you can download it on iTunes, yada, yada, yada. It's an amazing flick and all that. Hey, it's got Ryan Reynolds. It's got my girl sama Hayek, which. I've had a crush on for like 30 years. She still looks good. And, you know, Samuel Jackson, it's got everything. It's got vulgarity. It's got action. It's yeah. really, you know, at, at the end of the day, give me a film like that. Don't give me an Eddie Redman film. So what What else can we watch you guys? What's coming down the pipeline?
2: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, we we got that Rolling Stones thing. Uh, we've got... Uh uh we've got a our first script that we wrote the last drop which is getting pretty close um mm-hmm. that's kind of about an anti-bourdain type character uh who fortunately finds someone who gets to him before he you know destroys himself
4: um yep. now, so that's
2: a little bit more dramatic um should, should we um we, do a petition to like mick and keep and bill yeah. Yeah. What if what if what if, Keith, what if what if what if the Rolling Stones gave us the rights to
3: some of their music?
1: The whole catalog,
3: yeah. dude.
1: How about yeah. if they're like, hey, Steel Wheels and all these shitty like the past 10 albums. We'll give you that. Would Would you accept it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get to be in the. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can make a film.
1: But it has to be like the shit that we can't sell.
2: Yeah, right. It's like yeah, if, they, if they're like, listen, we're gonna let you make the movie about because we did the making of Exile on Main Street. We're gonna let you do Voodoo Lounge. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
4: It, it's, like, it's just
2: hey, a we, bunch we, of old fucking <laughs> rock stars on life support. <laughs> it's like we want
1: you guys to to write the the rush. Biopic,
2: but we're we're
1: we're gonna we can't get you Tom Sawyer or we can't get no. you yeah. Man, we're, roll the bones. Yeah, yeah. Roll, the you bones. roll the bones. roll the bones. I actually saw that was like my. I've seen them a bunch of times, but I remember seeing the roll the bones tour. Oh man, yeah. it, it, you you hear like they are five fucking songs that everybody loves but they had to play like the whole roll the bones and I think they closed with roll the bones and it's like that song sucks guys yeah the whole album's <laughs> shit. I'm here yeah. for two hours and an hour and a half of, of listening to this fucking CD oh
4: that's great <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, well, I, I, you know what? I,
1: I love you guys, and I know you guys have have errands and all that because you guys are on the the left coast and all that. And hey, it's it's an honor to have you guys. And you know, I'm going to thank you guys again and again and again because of, you
2: yeah, know, you guys make next next movie. But when come back on camp, good boy. Yeah, the feeling's mutual.
1: Hey, you. You know how to find me, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: So I I feel I feel special because I've got Brandon's fucking cell phone. So I'm like, hey, I, I've I've got the number. I'm Hollywood, baby.
2: Well, that's the thing. You're just like you could have a great movie. This is this is kind of the thing. It's like even before you were doing, you know, no, we met you as a motivational speaker, and it was I think it was before the what if, but it was like. Man, you fucking just put yourself out there and it's like, look, we're not um, you're not talking to Spielberg and uh, and fucking, uh, you know, Scorsese right now. But it's like, listen, we're having this conversation. It's like, what if you had a fucking great Hollywood, what if you had a great movie idea? You can just text it to me anytime. I can wake up in the morning and be like, yo, Phil, Omar just texted me this idea. It's fucking pretty good. Yeah. Well, we you, should fucking do it. Who, you know, I mean, yeah. who would who would I rather hang out with
1: and, and smoke out of a bong? Would I Steven Spielberg and Kate Capshaw or you two? Yeah, that's true, <laughs> you know? yeah. I'd, I'd,
4: yeah. I'd
1: rather I'd rather hear you do
4: karaoke than
1: go go hang out with Scorsese. You know what? When I'm not Italian, so he'd be like. You know, is Medrano Italian? Is Medrano Italian? I'd be like, no. Yeah. Dude. And I'd be like, can we fucking play another song besides a Rolling Stones song in every fucking movie? That, that's the <laughs> one thing I, I, you know, the, the conversation would go soft because, I mean, yeah, you're great. And, and your movies are always like four hours long. I, I get it. Not. But why is it like oh, like fucking Gimme Shelter or Helter Skelter or whatever? Why do they always have? Why does he always play a Stone song? Maybe mm-hmm.
2: that's two you guys, you guys need to partner up with Scorsese. he's got the hookup. he can get him, yeah, well, yeah, they really. probably would let him do it if he had one that they wanted to do, but uh, yeah, well, listen, um, send us your movie ideas, Omar, because I bet yeah, you got bro. one in you, and we end up we'll, <laughs> you end guys up are gonna laugh
1: I, I had like a B movie horror movie um ideas in the nightmare it i I had it a couple of days. I was even like talking to my in my sleep that. My girlfriend had to wake me up because she said I kept on saying asshole, asshole, and and speaking <laughs> gibberish. And you guys are going to laugh. This is this is how we're going to end it. Um, a couple, their their kid, teenage daughter or whatever, just became full blown asshole and all that. Well, they they're not religious like most people, and they don't believe in the exorcisms and all that. So they think that the person that their daughter needs. Fucking personal development and all that. So she, they hire some guy like me to try to put her back in the path. And lo and behold, it, they're this guy's fucking spending a couple of days with a fucking demonic chick and all that. Now, this is something from Bloomhouse production or something like that. But that's mm-hmm. when I woke up. because And I kept on going back. Because she woke me up three times and I kept on going to that same dream that this fucking whack job, fucking satanic chick, she was probably just PMSing, was just going fucking full out asshole mode on the fucking motivational speaker. And he's just like a fucking hack. He doesn't know what the fuck's going going on. It's because the chick's fucking possessed. And she's like um, laying into him about his fucking life, which, you know, clearly only Lucifer himself we know. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. It's because of the amount of weed that I smoked a couple of nights ago. Or, you know, that, that was my dream. And, and I actually chuckled because I was thinking of you guys. and I'm like, did that come into my head? Because I was going to talk to you guys because there's no, you know, it's not like I'm like, you know what? How about my daughters get possessed? What I call the Archdiocese of Miami for, for um, an exorcism.
3: Yeah, that's that would, that would that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: well, um, they, they actually had the Jewish version of an exorcism. This came out a couple of years ago with the dude from um, uh, The Walking Dead, uh, Negan. I forgot his name, he, he's a Hollywood actor, and um, it, it's with uh, Kira Sidwick, and they're married, and their kids, uh, are friggin' possessed. And they're not religious, so the, the who they hire is like two Orthodox Jewish um,
4: rabbis. This is oh, an I yeah,
1: yeah, and Mahatma Yahoo's is one of the.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good movie, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah I like, like that. You see, that's a for originality because they they go with the Orthodox Jew and mm-hmm. still instead of the scripted, you know, cliche. Let's go to the uh, Catholic Church. Well, yeah. hey. I, I love you guys. I'm honored. Like I said, you guys were the first ones to actually believe in me and, and want to hear me speak. And, you know, it, it, hey, what if it did work? You know, I consider you guys friends and you guys make me laugh. And you, even when I'm, I'm down man, you guys just with, with the camp good boy, it always puts a smile on my face. And you guys made it yeah. an amazing movie. That That's all I can say about it.
2: Thanks, man. We're 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 honored to come on, and can't wait to have you back on the podcast soon. Definitely, dude. And like I said,
1: you know, when I'm in Southern Cal, we're all going to hang out. That's that's a promise. Any 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 inspiring words, Robert Frost quotes, Ralph a line, Eddie Redmayne line, possibly anything like that
2: that you want to leave us with. You know, Phil, you had a good... Phil got interviewed in his college paper, and you had a good final quote. Uh, I thought I thought it was really good. Oh, um, just, go, just go for it? Yeah, just fucking go for it. Yeah, I mean, for it. yeah right. Yeah, That's just it. Just go like, for it. You if know you what? really
3: want to do it, go do it. All three of
2: us believe
1: in that. What if it did work? It yeah, and don't
3: yeah, don't, like, literally just don't have a backup plan. Don't even think about one. Don't even, like, it, don't even acknowledge like any parts of a backup plan. It's like backup plan means you don't have confidence in yourself. Yeah, just it's like let out. it rip.
1: Alrighty, guys. Well, I love you and all that. And when I'm in Southern Cal, we're gonna do that. And whenever you guys want me back on, you know, I I love talking some serious stuff. Red Eddie Redmayne dispensaries, MedMen, CBD. You name it. Well. <laughs> Fuck the CBD, but you guys know that already. Oh, I love you guys, man. Take care, man. All right,
2: we're right back at thanks. you, Omar. All right. Yeah, dude. thanks Take a lot. Care. Appreciate
0: it. I never told no one that. My whole life I've been holding back. Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars. I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold. Like, why you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? whoa I knew I needed help I had no self-confidence didn't believe in myself I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition to start a business but before I even started I feel like it's finished you got a vision And let me say, I don't care if they're your blood, got the same DNA. They can't feel how you feel, they can't see what you see. Wanna change your life, you gotta change the way you think. The thoughts in your mind is the boss of your life. Nothing but good vibes, every day I'm thinking like, what is the D-word? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What is the D-word? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind I was trapped inside that prison, all for a long time To make it happen, you gotta take action Just imagine what if it did work